I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Don't tell the other podcasts. I should go. So this week has been a lot. You are not kidding. <laughs> Holy but Jesus. I got a, f- a phone call from a coworker earlier today that like just sort of solidified everything for me. <laughs> so not to dump my purse on the counter. Like I said last episode, this is our platform. So you know what? Y'all know what the deal is. This is like, what, 40 episodes in or something? Like, f- oh, no, I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I love y'all. Aggressive. <laughs> I need you to calm down. <laughs> I meant like, F y'all in a loving way. It's us. So please. Right. Dump that purse out. So within the last week, my best friend who's mentioned pretty much on every episode, Katie had a death in her family, I had a death in my family, and then Katie was in a car accident. All within the span of like six days. My condolences, by the way. Thank you. On top of this, like my job has just been a lot. Right. So this this week has been very stressful. <laughs> so I have a coworker who is about 10 years older than I am. She's very nice, but she's very california basic (laughs) um (laughs) she's she's from california California basic i'm such a winner's day (laughs) um she's from california and she's like obsessed with like pop culture but not in the same way that like i'm obsessed with pop culture it's like she wanted to talk about the queen dying and like all of that stuff and i'm like i Oh, I could not possibly care. Thank you. Bye. Um, But she called me today and she was like, I think I know what the problem is. And it was one of those where like she called me. I'm maybe about 35% engaged because I'm dealing with like six other problems actively. So I'm just like, okay. Assuming that she's talking about a work thing. At least that's how I took that. If it's not, then oh boy, brace yourselves. She just goes, we're in Gatorade right now. What? Which was my response. Like, I didn't say it out loud, but I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. It's so far out of left field that, like, I don't know how to respond to it. So I'm just going to, like, do the Microsoft Teams version of smiling and nodding where I'm just like, ah, yes, Gatorade. What? (laughs) And she's like, you know, we're, we're in Gatorade right now. Mercury is in Gatorade. And I'm like, oh, that's not what that word means. Um, okay. Oh, wow. Oh. Because I'm like, is it Gatorade Frost? Like, if I'm going to be in Gatorade, can it at least be Glacier Cherry? That's my favorite flavor. I also accept Green Apple. I'm a vitamin water person. I don't dabble in Gatorade. Oh, man. You sold out the 50 cent. <laughs> shit is delicious. Okay. The dragon fruit flavor, iconic. So after like a few seconds of being like, huh in my head i i put it i put the puzzle pieces together and i'm like oh yeah mercury is in retrograde right now you nailed it we're in gatorade and it was one of those where i'm like i i I legitimately couldn't tell if she was trying to be funny or if she just you know words don't match sort of deal but you know that's definitely sticking right yeah we're in gatorade right now so okay because i was gonna say like well it's either that or like neptune is in retro wave <laughs> see that sounds like an album that i would fuck heavily with so would i 
I don't know if any of my synthwave people, like I know um, good buddy Ian Cowell follows us. Uh, shout out to Ian Cowell at Neon Cowell. Awesome musician. If you're listening to this, totally steal that. Um, yeah. Just put our name in the liner notes or something. Yeah, please make that album so that I can listen to it and enjoy it because it sounds delightful. Well, now that I know we're in Gatorade, it explains so much because like it, it's been a stressful week. Yes. But I'm refreshed. I'm hydrated. <laughs> Now I am ready to do all the sports. So That's thank right. you for figuring that out, um, unnamed coworker. <laughs> so there, I did it. Story time with me. <laughs> oh shit! Is it theme song time? Sorry, I was drinking a uh, retrograde. <laughs> it's theme song time. Let's go. I was walking with the ghost. I love how I just wait as if somehow, I, like... Every, every single time. Every time. And it's one of those where, like, I'm waiting for a moment because I want to give a, an easy cue as to, like, this is where the theme song goes. But I also am like, all right, it's that it's that scene in, in The Force Awakens where it's like, who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Who talks first? <laughs> <laughs> Remember how everybody was so angry about that? As if somehow that was the downfall of Star Wars, was that exchange? Yeah, it was definitely that and not Clone Wars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. The movie is a choice. Uh, anyway, hi. Uh, you're listening to Talking Like a Teen, where a podcast where we have a tendency to rush back into our past. I am... I didn't prepare a bit for this. Um, I'm not Adrian. And I am Glacier Cherry. That's right. <laughs> oh, Boom. nailed Lord. it. <laughs> We're good at this. We are- <laughs> We're great at this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, happy spooky season still. That's right. Happy fall, like officially. Yeah. Fall started yesterday. And to celebrate, I lit a pumpkin candle in front of my Tom DeLonge poster. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to Aged in Airways, but with spooky sounds in the background? <laughs> I played Boxcar Racer and just made ghost noises over it. <laughs> I feel so mad. Woo! I feel so angry. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you said you lit a pumpkin. I'm like, Ashley, what the fuck? <laughs> She's just hey, like... <laughs> any, any fruit is a bong if you try hard enough. <laughs> a message from talking like a teen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing friend bruh it's been a week but i channeled my inner demons into a, a playlist that i made specifically for you right okay so just to clue everybody else in so our last episode we reviewed and discussed the nightmare before christmas classic movie love it to death that was a really fun episode so i pitched this idea to ashley about what we would do for another spooky season episode. And it kind of just came to mind. I know you, and as I said last episode, you fuck with this time of year, specifically with Halloween, like very heavily. Like it's your whole vibe, and I love that for you. 
Facts. But I've realized I like this season, but I'm not overly festive person when it comes to Halloween, like decoration wise. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my Halloween celebrating is sort of done like in a periphery. I was thinking of doing like a playlist episode because I always love doing these and it's a great way for us to talk about music. But I didn't want to just like review Monster Mash. Because <laughs> that sucks. Hey, whoa. Okay. No, 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 no. Not, not that those <laughs> suck. But like, that's a thing that's been done to death. How dare you sully a Valentine's Day classic? <laughs> Valentine's Day classic. That episode would have just been you and I talking about werewolf bar mitzvah. Which is the appropriate answer. Right, for an hour. <laughs> I mean, we could do that. <laughs> the hell these playlists? <laughs> Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. <laughs> There's a lot of songs that I listen to, but they're not quite Halloween songs. But they're songs that I associate, or at least that's how this started. But I don't want to go too far into it because I feel like then I'm going to go into a whole tangent. But we both made playlists. We shared them with each other. Um, we'll be posting them on adrianhasissues.com slash TLAT podcast. We will also have a link to our Spotify page where we actually post our playlist to corresponding episodes. So you guys can listen in and give your thoughts. But yeah, we each made playlists that are Halloween adjacent. And I think, at least I, if I can speak for both of us, the results are really fucking rad. And they're different. That was one thing where you said, hey, let's make a Halloween playlist, but it's not Halloween. And I was like, okay, cool. And then when I sat down to finally do the playlist like a week later, I was like, what does that mean exactly? And then I thought about it too hard, <laughs> came up with a premise and rules for myself, and then put together a playlist in like 15 minutes. I want to talk about that, by the way. What? What devil magic are you? Like, (laughs) who are you? Because you're all like, oh, this is going to be so stressful. I blinked, and all of a sudden there's a link in my, like, inbox. I'm like, Ashley, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we'll start with my thought process. As I sat there, and I was like, okay, what makes a song a Halloween song? And then kind of was like, okay, I don't want to do any, like, overt references to like you know universal monsters or anything like that any mention of halloween is kind of not something i didn't want to do right and things that felt very obviously halloween i i kind of shied away from because when you pitched this originally i was just like oh well i'm just gonna give you a ludo album which would have been totally fine by the way because i was honestly spoiler alert a little disappointed that there was no ludo yeah there's no ludo on my playlist which is Ludo Chris. <laughs> a Ludo episode is incoming. I know pretty much no one outside of the St. Louis metro area gives a shit, but I do. And therefore, I make my friends listen to things. Um, I <laughs> Sorry, not to sound like Luke Skywalker, but I'm like, I care. <laughs> what I ended up doing was I'm like, okay, Halloween, there are a myriad of different ways that you can sort of be scared. Right. And there are a myriad of different ways in which, like, things can be, like, quote-unquote spooky or scary. So what I ended up doing was putting together a playlist for, like, a chill Halloween party for people with anxiety. Huh, so that's actually what my feelings were. Yeah. So it's like a chill Halloween party 
that's sort of low-key for elder millennials. Hell yeah. <laughs> with anxiety. So that was sort of my thought process with my playlist. Um, your playlist has a different vibe, though. So this is... I'm trying to find a way to condense this because we're going to accidentally end up with another story time segment otherwise. <laughs> I talk about a lot in the show about how playlist building is weirdly therapeutic for me. One of my biggest stress relievers is building playlists or even organizing music folders, that kind of thing. I have this weird fascination with soundtracks. Like I feel like almost a borderline obsession ever since I was a kid. Anytime we went to go see a movie, the one of the first things I tried to get my dad to do was to take us to a music store so I could buy the soundtrack of the movie we just saw. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of time when I write, when I'm building playlists for the corresponding thing I'm writing, they end up being like soundtracks to whatever story I was making. And even when I'm just building playlists, I feel like I always accidentally build a story in my head mm-hmm. because the idea was to make a playlist of songs that I associate with Halloween, which is a few of the tracks. But then as I'm building tracks, like I started thinking about the next part of the story mm-hmm. and just started building from there. And before I knew it, I had built a playlist where... 75% of the songs I picked weren't even the ones I intended, but it ended up actually being better than I had planned. With me, when it comes to Halloween, I'm not a fan of being scared in like the jump scare sense. Like you mentioned high anxiety and like I have very high anxiety. Jump scares will wreck me. And I don't like overly like violent gore, even though I do watch a lot of slashers. Mm-hmm. I like a good suspense thriller. And in making this playlist, I realized I think I actually wrote the soundtrack to what would be my horror movie. (laughs) It's a fun playlist. And it was one of those where, again, I pulled it up and I looked at the list of artists and I'm like, all right, I'm I'm trusting you here with this. (laughs) And I admit, I know that was an issue and there were some songs I would have picked. But I think in a way, like normally I would be like, oh man, like I felt like I was a little restricted at first because I know what you're alluding to, by the way. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in doing so, it was like a challenge in a way because it was not only building a playlist, it's like a puzzle. Now I have to figure out how to get the artist I want and still build a vibe I want, but not using the songs I would have used. And it was a lot of fun. It's like breaking code. Yeah. But I'm glad you dug it because like I said, I know a lot of those artists are famously not your brand. Yeah. But at the same time, when I put them on there, it almost came with the unofficial tag. Trust me, Ashley, I'm going somewhere with this. Don't hate me. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the Deer Hunter for a second because you started your playlist with Rebirth by the Deer Hunter, a band who I forget exist constantly. And whenever I'm reminded that they exist, I'm always very happy. Yes. No, that's it. Just yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, period. <laughs> Long pause. I'm always very happy to hear them because I I don't know who does vocals for the Deer Hunter, but they do an amazing job and I love it. I'm here for it. 10 out of 10. Yeah. They're one of those bands that like... <laughs> They were always in my periphery, especially being like a big Coheed fan. Like back when Last FM used to have a radio function, mm-hmm. but they'd always be playing when I was never near my phone, which is what I was playing it off of. So I'd be like in the shower or in the kitchen and the song would come on. I was like, who is this? And I'd have to like run to see who it is or like Dan there, like run out of the shower to go <laughs> to grab my phone and not like destroy it to be like, oh, this is a deer hunter. I got to listen to them. And then did not. Yeah. 
And then it was Boo. Who kind of put me onto them, like, or introduced me. Okay. And thankfully, I was able to listen to them, not associate, and then just kind of left it at that. But nice. I have a friend now who's not them, who is like a huge Deer Hunter fan, like, is right up there, like, with, let's say, Coheed. Mm-hmm. Before that, I never really knew anybody who listens to them, especially Act 4, like that album, and more specifically Rebirth. Because mm-hmm. that's the intro track to that album, by the way. Okay. And it's a great way to start. And it's like, once I had that song, everything else kind of fell into place because it was just such a great way to start. Because the idea was in the story is I wanted to start relatively tense, but also kind of chill. I wanted this playlist for all, like, to kind of sum it up was, like, yours was, like, chill music uh, for people with anxiety. Mine was a very slow, but then, like, rapid descent into madness. Okay, I get that. I also realized in putting together this playlist on my end that so much of my go-to sort of Halloween-y kind of feeling stuff is just bands that played on Buffy. And I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. And I love this playlist because maybe the albums, regardless of where they were released... Mm-hmm. With the exception of two choices who were more definitely in the 2000s. But there was something very pleasantly 90s about this. Because, like, I mean, I think about the era in which, like, Portis Head and, like, Chibamato and, like, Kay's Choice. Very, mm-hmm. like, 96, 97. It hit this very specific pocket in my brain of this era. Like, we had, they had just gotten out of grunge. And, like, the post-grunge thing was starting to kind of wear off where you're starting to get more into the, like, electronic, like, trip-hop. Yes. It's so good. Because a lot of these bands I love, but the tracks you picked... First off, starting this with Chiba Mato, it's like, I fucking love you, by the way. Yeah. For those who may not know much about Chiba Mato... How dare you, first off? <laughs> I'm just going to hey. say that right now. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ha- I had to jab at him a little bit. I'm gonna needle him just a little because, come on, we, they are legendary. I know, but we got some kids. We got some kids among us. Well, your parents need to teach you about Chibamato. <laughs> <laughs> They're, uh, I believe, a Japanese duo who mostly wrote. Uh, this sounds like a joke, but it's not. They mostly wrote songs about food. Like, I'm not exaggerating, about 85% of their discography is food-related. But it's all set to this, like, kind of a weird, atmospheric, like, trip-hop. And it's just... Some of it's some of it's definitely silly. And some of it is a little bit more just kind of weird. This is one of my favorite Chibamato songs, and it's definitely more in the, like, weird camp. Um, it's a song called White Pepper Ice Cream. And it was one of those where I'm like, okay, I need a Chibamato song, because that was where I wanted to sort of start. Because I'm like, that was the band that immediately popped into my head. I'm like, right. It's a weird place to start, but it was where I, my brain started. And in looking through, I'm like, this is, this is the song. This is my thesis statement. White Pepper Ice Cream. <laughs> I like this song, and actually this can kind of go for a lot of songs on here, but more specifically Chiba Mato, which now that you explain that, it informs your love, let's say, Cara Cara Benito, because Mm -hmm. I think there's sort of a a little bit of a connection here where I think there's a lot of songs in both bands' discographies where 
the music may sound kind of silly, sort of throwaway, but there's a lot of, like, within that, though, there's a lot of hidden depth to it. Yes. And, like, a lot of these songs, you really have to, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but you really have to dig through because what sounds like it's nonsensical is just surprisingly deep. And I think it's open to interpretation, but I mean, I can go on for hours about just the first track alone. (laughs) I was walking to go get lunch earlier today and this came on and immediately, like, I've never wanted to reach for a notebook so bad in my life. This is sort of the vibe that I write scenes to. The next track on my playlist was Machine Gun by Portisite, which is from the album Third. This is one of those songs where... Like, yes, lyrics matter. Yes, that matters. But like, for me, the reason this song is on here is that beginning beat before the lyrics and stuff come in. That like drum, I don't even know what you call it. That like synthy drum beat that's supposed to mimic the sound of a machine gun is one of those things that like just will not leave my head. (laughs) You know how you like, when you're trying to get something off of a spoon and you knock it against a bowl, like that is the beat that i do it to you know just like is one of those songs that is just like informed me as a person i guess i don't fucking know that sounds dramatic but whatever no not at all that makes perfect sense it's that drum beat and then when the synth comes in that long stretched out synth note it puts you on edge and that was sort of what i was going for i felt like as it progressed maybe that over anxiety started to wane Mm mm-hmm And I feel like as it closed, it leaves you almost with like the sense of unease because your last handful of tracks, it's like, oh, these are somehow more structured. It's somehow more like streamlined, but not really. Yeah. It only appears as such, but there's still like a lot going on. And I I love that we kind of both built these narratives with these playlists. And one thing, not to like jump ahead. um, No. (laughs) <laughs> jump around. And matter of fact, you can jump up, jump up, and get down if you wish. Like It's, it's oh. a free country. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that I have your permission to do so. Well, I mean, as per the House of Pain protocol, like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the knockoff Avengers movie that no one asked for. <laughs> um, I, I appreciated the fact that both you and I built the playlist in sort of acts, and that both playlists contain an interlude track. When I listened to yours, because keep in mind, I hadn't listened to yours at first, because one thing I was worried about, because I didn't make too many rules for myself, but one rule was I was going to build my first before I listened to yours, so that way I didn't feel like I had to match the vibe. Right. So when I made mine and listened to yours, I was like, holy shit, how is that possible that we kind of <laughs> did the same thing in that regard? <laughs> I was like, what? This is... How is this okay? Like, this is kind of rad, but it's scary. It's like a mind melt because keep in mind, for anybody who's listening, there was no dialogue about any of our choices until the lists were done. Yeah. Your second track was The Prize Fighter Inferno. Of course, the track name is fucking long. Why are they like this? Because this is the greatest song title because that's Run, Gonna Recall, Run, The Town Wants You Dead. <laughs> I know, but my screen won't stretch far enough to show me all that. <laughs> but hands down, one of my favorite Prize Fighter Inferno songs. I'm a bad Coheed fan in that I I haven't dabbled much in the side projects. So like I know that I've listened to this album once or twice, but probably not a ton. But I liked this song. I mean, 
as Claudio. So I'm going to like it, but it was good. It's a good album and it's okay. I'll admit this was not my first choice because I originally was going to follow Deer Hunter with a Kohi track. Mm -hmm. But the problem was the songs I would have picked were a little too on a nose, which a lot of his music is inspired by horror and as is this album. Right. But if you didn't really know that, you wouldn't really think it. So I'm like, okay, cool. This one, I would admit, was not quite a filler, but what I started to do with the next four tracks, I think I started to build this story of, how can I say this? If there were to be a main character, a sort of mix of obsession and like a little bit of desperation. Mm -hmm. So like it remembers like every every time I die, Mm -hmm. it is probably one of the most unsettling songs as far as like that band's discography, because a lot of it, of course, is raucous. It's, you know, very chaotic and energetic. But when he does go the ballad route, it's like, oh, man, like this hurts. And not for nothing. I know we go back and forth on him. But Brendan Urie fucking killed his feature. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I need more pairings. When they do guest vocals, I love how they just pick people where it's like, yeah, this makes sense because they've had Greg Pushado from Dillinger Escape Plan, Brendan Urie, um, Pete Wentz was on one, and also I'm missing with Dallas Green. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I like these voices juxtaposed to hard music. Do this more, please. Well, it, it, it's one of those, like, it makes sense from an outside standpoint in that, like, those are all warp tour dudes that all did, you know, a decade of touring together. So, of course they'd be friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was hard for me to think of these songs individually. Like, it was weird how I kind of started to cluster them. And I, I guess that's the thing that was tough because, like I said, once I had that idea of to do it in act, as you so put it, mm-hmm. it was hard to think of it any way else. And I don't know if you had that same issue with your list. Or not even an issue, I should say. But I don't know if you had that same sort of thought process where the pieces just fell into place or did you think of it a little bit differently? The first half of this playlist, I had two other songs in here that I took out. I had a Jeff Buckley song that I took out. And this will make you sad that I took it out. Um, I had Building a Mystery by Sarah McLaughlin in here for a while. Oh, damn. (laughs) This is the second time in this podcast that Sarah McLaughlin's been omitted from a list. And I say this with love, at least to geared towards you, not so much the yeah. billboard. Uh, please listen to our uh, Minivan Rock episodes, by the way. They are fantastic. Yes. I'm her as a Sarah McLaughlin fan, but for this list, I understand it because now, given what I've been hearing, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have hit the same. It didn't. That's why I took it out. Because <laughs> I tried it. Fucking Radiohead, man. <laughs> so i went back and forth on the next song because i was worried that it was too on the nose as far as being halloweeny but it's we suck young blood by radiohead a song that's not really about literal blood sucking it's you know metaphorical george w bush iraq war blood sucking so it's different And this song is tense as fuck. This album is sort of tense as fuck. Also my favorite Radiohead album, by the way. It's great. It's so good. So yeah, like I went back and forth. The thing is, like, if you were like, hey, make a tense playlist, like you could just, again, you could just hand somebody a Radiohead album and be like, here you go. Nailed it. That's not their exclusive vibe, but especially like this portion of their career, the, you know, amnesiac, hail to the thief kind of stuff. 
that was something they were feeling that translated very obviously into their work. Right. Thinking about when this album came out, it's like, yeah, this was uh, tense is a bit of an understatement. Yeah. Well, it's one of those where at the time it felt very big and it felt very heavy. And now, <laughs> like now in the year of our Lord 2022, I'm just like, you know, it was it, it wasn't great. But it's definitely been worse since then. And I hate to jump around, but I, I feel like to talk about that Radiohead song, I think it's only fitting that we talk about the other Radiohead song that kind of shows up a little further down. Yes. This was sort of my interlude track. It was Fitter Happier from OK Computer, which if you've not heard it, it was a poem that Tom York wrote that he originally performed, but they they found that Apple computer 90s guy voice and put the poem through there and it just took it to another level of being really fucking creepy. It's a poem about conforming in a capitalist society, essentially. Being, you know, being the best little consumer that you can be. And it, I again, like in today's society, like we we are all sort of starting to take a deeper look at consumerism and how it has impacted our lives and how it's made everything uh, trash. <laughs> and this was something that, you know, Tom York was doing with Radiohead. This album came out in 1997, I believe. Like, this song is, you know, 25 years old, and yet it feels like it could come out today and still be poignant. But that's a lot of Radiohead, which I think is why for so many years I'm like... Not that I dislike them, but, it, you know, sometimes you really think about a band and just how prolific they are. And sometimes you kind of have to do these, like, sometimes you have to do these reevaluations of why are they so prolific? Like, how are they mm -hmm. standing the test of time where so many other bands have petered off and for whatever reason? Well, and they're one of those bands where, like, if you listen to their diehard fans talk, you're like, a band isn't that good. Like, calm down a little bit. Okay. And then you listen to a Radio Hobbit album, and I mean, again, like your mileage may vary depending on what kind of person and what your tastes are, but like for a lot of people, they continue to sort of match the hype. Right. And I'm sorry not to turn this into a Radiohead podcast, but those themes, for better or for worse, uh, are fairly universal, which is something that I think also definitely contributes to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, like I said, I'm sorry for bouncing around. No, that's fine. Because at least for me, those are definite standouts. Yeah. And I went back and forth on putting in two Radiohead songs because I, I try not to repeat artists in a playlist like this because it's, you know, when it's 10 tracks, you're like, really? One fifth of this needs to be a Radiohead? But like, in this case, it felt right. I have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> you put a Slipknot song on your playlist and I didn't hate it. Congratulations. Good job. I am just going to say this, and this is not like a rebuttal against you. Yeah. I think time will hopefully be kinder to Slipknot. I think at the time in which, let's say, you know, their heyday, or not even a heyday, but like when they were first kind of coming onto the scene, and of course it was the shock value of these guys in jumpsuits and wearing masks and, mm -hmm. you know, these very like aggro shows. But musicality-wise, they're fucking great. And I think for a lot of people, they just saw maybe it was the fan base or just the theatrics and just thought like, okay, of course, this is like some, you know, 
energy drink, Mountain Dew, like douchebag. But with each release, and especially like those first three, um, I know we talked about doing like trilogy of albums. Mm-hmm. With everything that was kind of meant to sort of make people uncomfortable, there was a lot of depth to the music. And I think with each album where Corey and the rest of the band were allowed to kind of explore that sound while still maintaining that fan base and what they were known for, it's pretty astounding because most bands like this would have petered out after like the first release, looking at you, Mushroom Head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to put Vermilion part one, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the songs in those first three albums, they're sort of framed in this very horror movie kind of style. Like, okay, like someone who's held captive and like, it's from the subject of whoever the captor is. Mm -hmm. And you could take it literal like this. Okay. Someone's really locked up someplace and someone's, kind of going on about how they claim to love this person but a lot of it really does just read like either a toxic relationship or something that's obsessive where you're just so into this person where it almost has that sort of vibe to it and yeah you can argue is it unhealthy well yeah that's the point but right it's very like intent it's this violent obsession whereas Vermillion part two takes that same thought but turns it from a i'm obsessed with this person but then more of a this person was my entire life, but they don't know that I'm here. And unrequited love can be very kind of kitschy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like years of, I guess, in a very stereotypical sense, played a lot on that. And I think it's a sort of emotion that unfortunately kind of gets easily discarded because it's like, okay, get over it. To me, my like go-to song as far as like an unrequited love situation is like Cup of Coffee by Garbage. It's that post breakup, one person is still like very obsessed and working through it kind of deal. Which is also valid. Yeah. When you're already in a relationship and it ends, but in those cases where you're into somebody, but that person isn't even aware. Yeah. I like the song and I think in a lot of ways it tied into an interlude by Atreyu. That album takes the idea of love gone wrong or obsessive love, but puts it through the metaphor of vampirism. Mm-hmm. And for a band that now has become like Imagine Dragons douche bro kind of shit. <laughs> and also, I apologize because I added a song about knife play. Whatever. Don't king shame, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I stuck BDSM shit into my playlist. Whatever. It's Deftones. Y'all know how that goes, so I don't want to hear no shit about it. Well, and <laughs> Let me here... not attack our listeners. <laughs> Aggressive. I need you to calm down. Uh, because <laughs> this song, uh, you know, whatever aside, uh, slaps. <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, a Deftones purity ring collab was something that I needed in my life, but apparently it was, because it's really good. And I kind of want to secretly turn you into a Deftones fan, because I feel like for all the songs you would not like, there's a lot you would, because a lot of the artists that I know you fuck with Mm -hmm. is stuff that, like, Chino is also super into. I think you would probably like Crosses and Palms a lot. Like, it's definitely more vibe music. Build me a playlist. I'll listen to it. All right. <laughs> Be careful now. See, you, I'm open Pandora's box. <laughs> I fucking love Purity Ring, man. They're so they're so good. The Dillinger Escape Plan song is very fun and like very weird. <laughs> I'm just happy I finally got to put Dillinger on a playlist. 
I don't know. It's just, I don't even know how, why this is on here. I can't explain it. And I can't even explain why I love Dillinger. They just are. It just is. And it just is fun. So, hi, hello. I like about four things. Building a playlist is a lot like, this is a metaphor for literally no one but me. (laughs) Building a playlist is a lot like putting together fabrics for a quilt in that you have fabrics that are your what what there are referred to as like hero prints so like this is the main focus and then you've got other things that are there to sort of blend and just sort of help to create the overall vibe of your quilt and i think that's what this dillinger song is doing huh i dig that there's a lot of these that i could have put what actually would have essentially just found a way to make the playlist tangible and thrown it at me But again, not choosing those tracks made this a lot more fun. Also, you, by the way, kudos to you because I'm hurting a lot of friends' feelings when I say this. It's been so long since I've listened to Tori Amos. Hell yeah. Silent All These Years is still, to me, like the quintessential Tori song. I know that she's done a lot of really cool shit since Little Earthquakes, but like this album is still just like, I don't know, it's like a sad white lady warm blanket for me i'm just like this is comfy and i love it (laughs) tori set that bar pretty high because it's not sad in the like sunny came home kind of died away but it was vulnerable but also confrontational but also just contemplative like it's a lot of things that you can't just fit it in one place and that's what i just loved about that and also Following up Kay's choice with this, I'm like, that's that perfect pocket of Ashley. Had you met me like way back when? <laughs> like, I'm glad we're friends now, but we would have been friends even sooner because I'm like, fuck yes. Why was Kay's choice not bigger? Like, we really failed a lot of these artists, especially the women. Yeah, we did. Kay's choice is a band I knew of prior to meeting this person, but they became like, a really formative sort of band within my high school sort of adolescent phase because I became basically like really close friends with a girl who was obsessed with them. Um, So I've listened to so much case choice. Like that was like the soundtrack of us getting our driver's licenses and like taking those first like little trips out into the world. And like, I love this band so much. They're still doing stuff. And that's great to hear. Yeah. They were so solid. And I don't mean to talk about them in the past tense, but I, I'd be lying if I said I followed their whole career uh, since they came on the scene. And I honestly, that's my failing, clearly. <laughs> 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 I fucked up on that. Not them. They're they're still doing it. I'm the one who's all like, oh, whatever happened to them? Like, So I'm sorry. I have blind spots to you, y'all. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, they're sort of one of those bands that like got huge in Europe. So... Which is most bands, because we treat music and most art like it's disposable. (laughs) Cut that shit out, America. (sighs) But yeah, I love Case Choice. Uh, This, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're being really aggressive this evening, and I'm not mad about it. It's just, it's a new look for you. So this Case Choice song, like I, I joked earlier about this being like a Buffy soundtrack. This song was legitimately in a Buffy episode. Uh, Case Choice, I think it was season three. They were one of the bands that played an, for an episode. Love that. Love that for them. That's so on brand. And it's again, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs>
Um, let's talk about Megan. I know I said a lot of shit earlier, and I meant everything that I said, as I often do, but <laughs> I feel like sometimes I over-intellectualize my choices, and it's like, that's exactly how what I was feeling. Like, I really was making a story, but at the same time, there's the other half of me where it's like, you know, as much as I want, like, the cool, the shit, like, sometimes I just honestly want to shake my ass and you know what <laughs> and- it's one of those where like that kind of stuff is like a nice reprieve though right by the time that i'd gone through the playlist and i got to megan i was ready for megan so we all shook our asses for two and a half minutes and then we moved on with our day and it was great and i loved it she's the best we talk about her a lot off mic we talk about her as much as we can on mic because she's great she's popped up on a lot of my other playlists so because she's great as we just said this one might have been the most on the nose thing i've done because not to go into a whole thing about traumazine it is an amazing album and honestly it might be my current favorite Mm -hmm. from megan and I know this album did not, like, it came at a price considering, you know, so yeah. much turmoil that she's kind of gone through. So it gets heavy. And even this song kind of plays on, obviously, like, a lot of horror. And she's a giant fucking dork. Yeah. And I, we love her to death. Like, this might end up being, like, a Kid Cudi, Frank Ocean, <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion fan cast at some point. Because <laughs> that's the vibe. That's the vibe, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know we started out being like Tegan and Sarah great, and they are. And, but at the same time, I also need a Megan and Tegan and Sarah collab. I don't know what I that would sound like, and even if it's not even musically, even if it's just a sit down interview, I don't know. I feel like that would be so much fun. I was gonna say, I feel like they would get a kick out of each other. They would. Yeah. Spoiler alert: This album probably we will probably talk about this album in a couple of months when we get ready to wrap up the year. Oh man, so. we're actually gonna do Tegan and Sarah content on this podcast. That well, oh, I meant I meant Megan's, but that that too. Oh, okay. Shit, I was like, wait, are we waiting to the end of the year to talk about Megan? Like, <laughs> I was so confused at first. I'm like, don't do this to me because I was like, wait, what happened? Why not now? <laughs> Tomorrow's not promised to us, Ashley. That's true. New T and Sarah album comes out in less than a month. Holy shit. Cause it's out. It's out on the twenty first of October, and it's the twenty third of no- of September. Yeah, the last time they had an album out, this podcast had just pretty much got started. Yeah, it's fucking wild to think about. Yeah, we never ended up talking about that album. Sad <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> We're at a better place where I think we can kind of discuss it. Yeah, it took me a long time to come around on that album, and now I really legitimately enjoy it. So after Fitter Happier on my playlist, and after a few songs of unplugged guitars and sad white ladies, uh, (laughs) we switched to a bit more of angry anxiety. I don't really know what you would describe this. It's Veruca Salt, who is legitimately one of my like favorite underappreciated 90s bands. The song is Victrola, which again, is a song that slaps. This was one of those where I'm like, I knew I knew Veruca Salt was going to be on this playlist. It was just a matter of figuring out where and what song. And this was where I landed. They are an episode, right? Hell yeah. Let's fucking go. They were one of my favorite bands. And I say in the 90s, but that's the honest truth. Like yeah. Between American Thighs and Eight Arms to Hold You, like those two albums, especially Eight Arms to Hold You, which... I know is, of course, the more, I guess, popular, for lack of a better term. But again, they slap so hard. 
if you are a person that likes, I'm trying to think, because um, again, I know we've got we've got some kids. If you're a person that likes kind of early garbage and maybe like earlier Alanis Morissette, like Jagged Little Pill Alanis Morissette, definitely check out Veruca Salt because that's kind of the vibe sort of in that pocket. So you might like it. I don't know if I should be happy or just upset that I made a playlist that didn't have both metric and screaming females on it. Because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, so she's screaming females. And that was that part where like I almost was like locate gatekeeping where I'm like, I like them more than you do. No fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I literally was acting like Ruka Saw. I was like, I want him now. <laughs> So I don't I don't want to skip over metric because like it's I, metric it's metric it's metric and I don't want to. Um, spoiler alert! I you and I had this conversation literally earlier today, where I voiced a very strong concern that for the first time in legitimately like ten years, my Spotify Wrapped is going to end with me listening to more metric than Tegan and Sarah because the new album uh, rips so hard. It's so good that whole album is just very it's very anxiety forward <laughs> how are you this anxiety room but also slap this hard right exactly how is that possible and this was one of this was a, like i knew i'm like something from this album is going to end up on this playlist it's fine any one of the like 10 songs could have landed here i just like all comes crashing I almost want to retroactively make like early metric album of the year contenders. Because you know what it is? Metric's one of those bands that every time they release something new, I immediately go back to the entire discography and let it just flow through me. Like it's just like the force. Right. No, it is. Because think about it. How many bands can you honestly say with each release, they legit level up? Like, when I think about so many albums this year that I swore were going to be on the top of my list, you sent me the text of, like, Metric has a new album out. And I'm like, what? Immediately went to go listen to it being like, oh, shit, this fucked up everything for me. Yup. <laughs> I was like, I knew it was going to be good, but I'm like, oh, damn, hold up, hold up. Now I'm looking at my end of year playlist and I'm like, where's the nearest whiskey bottle? Because this is going to be a, a trial trying to fit all this in. And then watch it all just be like a playlist of their music. <laughs> You just hand me the album, and you're like, here it is. I did it. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Good job. It's it's like this and Crybaby, probably. At this yep. point, what else came out this year? A lot, but don't worry a about lot. it, because it's like Tegan and Sarah, Coheed, and Metric are like in a cage match. <laughs> and yet we're like, fight, kill each other, and they're all like, you want to just no. hang out and talk? And you're like, oh, this is wholesome. They're not fighting. All right, cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't mean to, like, steal your whole vibe by putting Screaming Females on here, but I love this. I love this song. No, this is also one of my favorite songs by them, so. Yeah, I love this song. It fit the vibe, and I was excited about it, so it made the list. I love the second half of this because when you get to Victrola, mm -hmm. and, like, all comes crashing and I'll make you sorry... Oh my gosh, I know this person. This person is me sometimes. It's the F you. I don't need none of y'all. Like, I'm going to just do my own thing. I'm cool. And then you get to garbage where you're like, ah, shit. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> oops. <laughs> I made a mistake. Because that's me. <laughs> this is what it feels like when doves cry. 
I, I am a person. I'm a person who is prone to feelings. I am a person who is prone to when shit goes down, when something becomes sort of stressful or I have anxiety, I tend towards anger because it's easy. But then you sort of get hollowed out and you're like, all right, well, being angry is too much effort. And then what? And then at the end of the day, it's all over. But the crying and you listen to garbage because it's perpetually 2005. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a whole fucking thing. All right. Because I know it's like you're not the first person um, who's very close to my life who's like, it, it takes so much to be angry. And I'm like, you thought, <laughs> <laughs> right? And Adrian has entered the chat. <laughs> and it's like, look, I'll be angry for y'all, all right? I <laughs> oh, man. But you're you're absolutely right. And that's super valid. And a lot of our friendship and our dynamic and what kind of became the skeleton of the show really was built around garbage. Because so much of, I think, our energy kind of, not directly, like in a, oh, we went through the same things that, let's say, Shirley Manson did. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of connective tissue there. And that's not by accident. No. Because she really is, I think, dare I say, like one of our biggest influences. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a lot of people's influences. I mean, holy shit. like (laughs) She's an icon, man. She's not everyone's icon. She's my icon. She should be, though. Yeah. Blade Like Me is an episode, right? Yeah. Sick. Let's go. Um, You put churches on here. So the, I'm going to talk about these last two real quick, as quick as I can. Okay. It's been a long time since I made a playlist that was so very much me. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter was so much my childhood. So like one of my favorite bands teaming up with one of my favorite filmmakers and even musicians like it was like this pairing of like why hasn't this happened before which makes sense considering that they are also inspired by horror which was informed with um what was the latest album screen violence yes but this is a pairing that i didn't know i needed until it happened i remember that you definitely sent this to me because i hearted it on spotify before you sent me this playlist and i remember you sending it to me and i remember like looping it like four times and being like this rules (laughs) So, I don't know if Atlas listens to us. Um, shout out to Atlas. Love the homie. He put me on a Carpenter Brew, and I've never turned back since. I think these last two tracks really served as like the ending credits mm-hmm. of this movie, where, how can I say this, where it makes sense, and I don't sound like a complete lunatic more so than usual. <laughs> it ends on a, sort of a cliffhanger. These songs would play just as, like, that very stereotypical slasher movie thing of like the hand coming up out of the ground kind of vibe. Yeah. And it's funny. I just started this podcast talking about like, I don't like overly gory or violent horror movies, but like it's violent as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's chill, but it's chaotic at the same time. And mm. it, they're just so much fun. As much as I tried to be like, Oh, let songs that aren't Halloween adjacent. Um, I ended this with Carpenter Brute and John Carpenter. So my bad y'all. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> I didn't cheat this time. You cheated this time. So congratulations. You're the cheater. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, at least I didn't add an 11th song because I almost did that. I Also, spoiler alert, I may or may not have actually built a second playlist to follow this one up. You know what's funny is I was thinking about this earlier today. My playlist is like hella fucking 90s shit. There's also a version of this playlist that's hella 80s. 
and I kind of want to make that. So that might be a thing that I'll put together and we can put it on the Spotify. Uh, hell yeah. Because um, you said playlist, you said 80s, and if it's anything like on par with what you came up with, um, I'm definitely down. Because I think that whole like 80s dark wave shoegaze kind of shit, I think is also a similar vibe to this. Essentially, those could be the same party. <laughs> Though part of me is really hoping, and I know it's a little on the nose, but Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys needs to be on somebody's playlist. <laughs> I could do a whole two-hour conversation about that song. It's so damn good. Hell yeah. I can honestly say these two playlists were probably some of my favorite things that we've done. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was fun to put together. I like when you give me something to work with, but you don't give me too many rules. Because then I can sort of impose my own bullshit on there. Well, that's sort of the point. Because if, yeah. if I add too many rules on this, or you do, it then becomes homework. It doesn't... The ideas don't flow as well. Music or playlists, it's all open to interpretation. It's open to feelings. Like It's very open-ended that way. And you know me, I love a good open-world adventure. That's right. that's sort of the point of self-expression if i just put all this stuff on there of what it can and cannot be the art suffers it's gonna be boring and you're gonna hate me and then it's just kind of like well you know fuck this i'm gonna put this song in here out of spite (laughs) you you just have an argument with me in your head that never happened and you're just like (laughs) come talk to me later and you're just all pissed off and i'm like i didn't even do anything (laughs) it's like here's your playlist all right hope you enjoy it and i I appreciate your company and thank you for doing this podcast with me you jerk (laughs) i value your and appreciate your friendship aggressive (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had a lot of fun with this and i know feedback can always be a little tough in the world where like so many things demand your attention but i am curious for anybody who's listening Definitely feel free to hit us up on Twitter at TLAT Podcast, uh, which is uh, what I run the Twitter account and Ashley runs the Instagram, which is also TLAT Podcast. Y'all put us on to some really cool shit, as you often do. And those of you who do fuck with us and listen to us are into some really cool stuff. And I got to learn to start writing more stuff down. Right. <laughs> Turn us on to cool shit. We enjoy it. This was, again, brought to you by the number one podcast blocked by Smash Mouth on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> will never not be fucking hilarious to me. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Parting words of wisdom on this spooky season. Don't get your neck bit by a vampiric whale. I was trying to think of the opposite of the ghost whale for last episode. That's what I came up with, okay? I'm doing my best. No, that's amazing. I just thought of like a, a vampire whale. <laughs> most, most whales don't even have teeth. That's what makes it extra funny. So you're just going to get gummed to death by <laughs> Right? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, all right, can you just bite me with actual teeth now? Nope. <laughs> Just gonna slowly gum you to death. You'll be fine. You'll figure it out. <laughs> Good night, everybody.
Look at this. And my gold record from that novelty party song. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Points becoming men, men becoming wolves. 